So we got Luke Bright, the meat director of what has turned out to be, my friend, the biggest competition of the year, 2020. What a fucking year 2020 is. <laughs> yeah, uh, COVID 2020 has made it uh, fun. It's been tons of fun. To, to run a meet in 2020 is insanity. To run a meet as stacked and ambitious as the one you have, and maybe going into 2020, you're thinking like, okay, well, there's some big meets on the calendar here. All around, from untested to IPF Worlds, U.S. Raw Nationals. So those are massive, massive competitions. Yes. When those drop out, the significance of what you had originally set out exponentially grows. I could tell you as a king of lists. So I do the commentary for the IPF World Championship. Yes. And um, when that like was off the calendar, in terms of what we repost and traction, in terms of the powerlifting community, the lifters themselves from all over the world, uh, powerlifting fans, the news, the storylines, the showdowns, everything that goes leads up to a major competition is gone. And then we're like, all right, that's June. Let's see what happens for the fall. Fall rolls around. USAPL Raw Nationals, massive competition, massive viewership. Again, the training, the preview shows, all the storylines, the head-to-head showdowns that go into that, and then the competition itself, the, and then you punch your ticket for the next year's Worlds, and all the storylines that come out of it, gone. Well, and then US, like everything, Steffi had one going, in terms of the untested side, all of those, gone. And it became last man standing type deal. And you're yeah. like holding the ship. It's like it's like a Braveheart when he's like, hold the line, <laughs> you know? When the, when the general's like, we're gonna hold the line. And it's all on you now. You are, you are the powerlifting meat right now. Yep. Uh, no I mean, I, I give Steffi a ton of credit. Uh, the hybrid showdown got in before all the craziness. Um, yeah. So managed to kind of hold like, uh, and the meat was insane. Um, but, uh, when we set out, we started planning this last November, uh, and I'm like, I want to be the current 2.0 for sleeves. That was the idea behind it. They had the big money, untested rat meat. I want to be the big money un- untested or whoever wants to show up. Um, sleeve meat, it didn't exist. Um, and that was the whole purpose behind it. Um, and actually leading into it, I invited anyone and everyone who technically qualified with. I literally went down open powerlifting one through 50 mm. IPF USAPL. I didn't care. I invited everyone. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, IPF and USAPL makes it really hard to compete outside of them. Mm-hmm. So it ended up turning into the untested meet instead of the, what I was hoping for, where it was really the best of the best on one stage. Um, no federation mattered. Um, and initially it, when you, when you set out, did you have a fed that you were working with initially, or was it kind of like, look, I want to like, in terms of the untested, when you're putting together meat, do you come up with the meat and then afterwards search for a fed that, that fits the bill? How do, how does that work? Uh, for me, the last couple of years, my, my businesses ran an expo, a strength, a strength and wellness health kind of thing, a, a mini Arnold, if you will, in Buffalo, um, where we had an untested, a tested and a tested powerlifting meet. Uh, a strongman competition and a CrossFit competition under one roof with a whole vendor expo. Uh, after two years of it, I, I mean, we had 
like the first year Ray Williams came out for the untested side, he was literally handing people off and stuff. It was super cool. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Bama Burr came out year one and year two. Um, Andy Hyung came out year two. Forsaken Warrior came out year two for the untested side. Uh, we had Jerry Pritchard, uh, one of the world's strongest man competitors there. Uh, and it was just an awesome event. 70 some odd. 70 some odd vendors, Dan and Rob Bailey came, Mike O'Hearn, Johnny Jackson, Cass Martin. Like we, we did our best to really make it like a, a small Arnold and way more kind of uh, personal feeling where it's not 300,000 people, but you could be in line and meet Dana and sit there and talk for 10 minutes. That's amazing. Because there's only 4,000 people in the room instead of 300,000 trying to meet her um, and all that stuff. So it was really cool um, after two years of it we just kind of realized that Buffalo didn't have a big enough market to make something like that profitable. Um, we got close to breaking even, but with the investment and everything and just the market as it is, it, we, we kind of figured there's no way it was going to happen where we could blow it up to where we'd make money on it. And did you, when you, when you start this, if we back this up a stitch, did, was this like event planning? Is it something that you had always done or you end up getting into kind of like a passion project because you, you love putting these things together. On 100%, yeah. hundred percent passion project. Uh, my business, how I pay the bills is eat right foods. Uh, we, we make meal prep. Um, we started that in 2016 and it just blew up for us. Uh, and we just want to do cool stuff in the community. We didn't want to just make food and make some money and that's all great, but we want to do something more. Mm. Um, and doing these huge events uh, kind of just links us to the community. We're trying to bring something bigger to Buffalo. Um, it's really is starting to become a more up and coming city again. Uh, 1901 is one of the dopest places in America and kind of fell off <laughs> pretty hard. Um, and we're starting to make the comeback. The bills don't suck this year yet. <laughs> but we're, we're looking good. Uh, yeah. But that, that was the thing was to bring something cool to Buffalo that no one's ever done. And with the expo, the first two years was, it was a super cool event. Um, went off really well. Um, after last year, we talked to you about, let's do something smaller that we can make a bigger impact nationally instead of just locally. Um, and me and my business partner had literally met 10 years ago from powerlifting. Um, he was this jack little 140 pound dude benching 350. And I was like, that dude's strong. Cool. Um, and uh, down the road, we eventually started this business. Um, and we were just in a position where we could put the kind of money we're putting up and run this type of event and try to make our mark in powerlifting and make it a better, make the sport, help the sport grow. Because um, I think that's the one thing it's missing is money. It's the one different, that's the only thing that sets it apart from other pro sports is they're generally speaking, no money. And that's 100%. And that's, it's the big hurdle because it's, it's weird in terms of sports. Like obviously it's not as big as the major pro sports for sure. But powerlifting is a global sport, a true global sport. Yeah, you, you got powerlifting Asia, all over Europe, South America, like powerlifting's all over the place. Um, and the U.S. is probably the biggest in terms of participation, certainly with social media and reach that way. If you hold it, if there's, if we look at the numbers, I'm pretty sure the U.S. has got the most numbers. And in terms of like star power, social media wise, the U.S. is absolutely crushing. So if you bring together, if it's going to happen, like you're thinking, like, look, if this is going to happen, it's as good a place as any, you know, and you could 
now this is obviously before COVID times, et cetera. But yeah. they, I get that. I'm on page with the idea. Now, obviously you're an ambitious dude. If you were thinking, I want to get into promotional as a passion project. And you went like, we're bringing in Ray Williams, Dana Lynn Bailey, 70, like this, you said, I ah, just 4,000 people, 4,000 people sounds pretty big for your first event. Like you must've been, I don't know, even know if you told me yesterday, first, first off, like first, first events, you're going to do back to back and bring in names as big, all those vendors, thousands of people. And that was year one. I would probably have a heart attack, let alone, I know what you mean, where it's like, Doug, if I break even, this is, we're laughing. I'm not, I'm just trying to carve my teeth right now. Like yeah. you literally got baptized by fire. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was, um, I mean, those first two events, I mean, our initial investments to make all that happen were upwards of like 75 to $100,000. Holy smokes, man. Is this, oh my goodness. See, people don't know. Like you, when you go win, dog, that's more than, that's a house. You're putting in a mortgage. Yeah, <laughs> sure. that's, ca that's cash up front because like what? where did you get this like uh to fly some of these superstars in you are talking close to ten thousand dollars wow because you're paying for their first class flights their hotels their time um but the ones we went after were people were like who would i go in line and want to meet mm. well dane and rob are dope as hell and they're actually super cool people just on the side note. Like they're awesome. Um, Mike O'Hearn, dopest dude. Um, so and it was just, what can we do to try to create that feel and do something no one else has done besides the Arnold. And we tried and we got pretty, we definitely had an event. Like people were like, yo, that was insane. <laughs> but when I tell you the numbers, no one understands, like those aren't the numbers people expect to hear. Well, people don't, you know what? I don't even know if people know what to expect. I don't think people straight up, this is why I want to have you, have you on. People don't know the behind the scenes. They show up. This is what somewhat kills me, man. And this has always been the case. If you've been in powerlifting for 10 years or saying, you know, people to a large extent show up to a competition and just, I'm here, rip through it, leave. And if something goes wrong, they got a lot to say. But besides that, don't have a whole hell of a lot Ooh. to say, but have no idea everything that goes on to put something like that. It's freaking, and it takes a, yes, a year of your life, uh, the anxiety and, and you're just hoping like if I break even great, the amount of money I have into this could kill me or, you know, like they don't fully understand. And there's a reason why so few people will step up and do this. So the people that do step up to do this for the better of the sport and, and it's, you're not getting rich. It's like, man, you gotta show a little appreciation, you know? Yeah. Or if something goes wrong, not quite as planned, take a minute, put a pin in it, take a pause before, before we run to social media, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, especially just business in general, people who have never owned a business, whether it be running, selling t-shirts, supplements, whatever it may be, or trying to run an event, all the back end stuff that you never ever think about until you find out like, oh, I have to have insurance. I need to have all these other things in place. Oh, that costs that? Mm. I never thought that would cost that. Um, and then you find out real quick and you're like, oh, I got I to gotta dig deeper in my pockets. Um, and that's it, the, that is the only nice thing going into this is I've already started a pretty successful business. Um, 
so I knew a lot of the stuff going in and just being around powerlifting for so long, I understood the, the, what goes into a meet and what it costs to make those things appear. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't like, uh, I didn't own a gym or something like where I had all this equipment, all the equipment, which we're not even using because of 15 hours away, JP's hooking us up. So shout out to strong barbell club, Ryan Silva, JP Bryce. They kind of saved the day. Um, money's one thing, but it still need to make the meet happen. I need equipment and a place to do it. And they bent over backwards, jumped at the opportunity to help make this happen. Um, but back to what I was saying, we didn't have any of that stuff just laying around. Like where I was like, Oh, I'm gonna run this meet with all this equipment. I have, we're just right around $30,000 in equipment we purchased. Holy sugar, man. Well, yeah. let's, let's back this up story wise a little bit though, before we get into actually putting it together. So you had done two events, very ambitious, went in like crazy. When you raise that kind of money, I'm just going to build a little background here because I got my interest. Any of the listening is probably thinking, holy frig, I didn't know that it'd be that kind of money to hold an event like that. An event that lasted, how many days was, was that event? This was a single day event. Okay, well, there you go. We're, holy freak, dude. So where do you get that kind of money to raise in? Are you just going like vendors, et cetera, like advertising? And just oh, it was a... 110% out of our business pocket. It was Holy. the E-Ray Foods Sports Expo 2018-2019. We got an Instagram. I'll send it over. You can see some of the pictures because it was an insane event. Yeah. Uh, we have this ridiculous venue in Buffalo called the Riverworks. It's right on the river. Huge abandoned uh, old industrial plant that they turned into an event center and restaurant. There's two full-size hockey rinks outside where we cut, in, cut each hockey rink in half and put an event on each half of the hockey rink. 100% outdoors under a giant tin roof. Um, so on one side, on the left-hand side, you had the USAPL 100 lifter meet and a CrossFit competition. On the other side, you had, I think Adam got 120 lifters year one for a untested USAP, USPA meet. And then we had a USS strongman competition all going on at once. So you can so walk you, outside and sit in one place and see four things happening. That's amazing. First off, you, you, it was actually possible. I never thought it would have been. I didn't know this could happen. You could get USAPL and USPA on the same day, same event. Like, was there, was there like, look at, we need clear separation between. So it, like, oh, I was yeah. surprised. Okay. Yeah, we pretty much, the, the two hockey rinks, there was uh, walkthrough space in between the two hockey rinks. We had Carly Skripinski, who is a local USA, uh, USAPL uh, meet director for New York State, ran his meet, and it was a standalone meet. Okay, gotcha. We gave him the space, dude. Run a meet here, no charge. Just bring some athletes, make something happen. And the same thing for everyone. We didn't charge any any rent to the anyone putting on an event. Um, mm. Hey, help us make something cool happen. Um, and it all happened all at once. So you could literally walk out of this building, stand there, and watch four full blown competitions occurring all at once. Everyone had their own PAs. Like it was wild. Yeah. Um, and then when you're inside, we had 75-ish, give or take, vendor booths. Um, and then the, st- the star cast of like Dana Lynn and Mike O'Hearn. We had Johnny Jackson, Jay Cutler. Uh, oh, ton of, we, did, we did everything we could to get anyone we knew was that person. You went all in, man. That uh-huh. You went all in in terms of fitness. If you're going to do something, just do it. Don't Apparently. Yeah, so this is you. So we got a good background. 
of how you handle yeah, business. I don't, I don't half over. ass anything. It's all, whole ass or nothing. It's whole ass. You're getting double cheeks, man. You're yeah. going in two cheeks. All right. Shows, make some room on, on one of my spot. So in terms of when you decided this was last year, you said around November, and this is before this is before you knew what 2020 was going to be all about. Oh. And, and you're thinking, I want to hold an event that's going to be the biggest of calibers. Obviously, you're an all in type of guy when you're going to hold these events. Yep. And so you decide to hold it. And you don't know yet what Fed or anything yet. Is that right? And then after the fact, you're thinking, how did all that? Pretty much, pretty much it started off as I had the idea. And I actually talked about it before November. because I talked to Andy Hung at our expo. And I was like, I had this idea for this, for all sleeve meat, big cash money, invite only. And he goes, I've been praying someone would do that. I'm like, hmm. all right, that makes me feel better. Like, it wasn't a, I don't know. It was, yeah, do it. Come November, I think it was around October, November, Matt from Pioneer Fit had posted he was kind of done with the tribute and looking to, for someone to take over, take the reins. I called him. We talked. We had a great talk. Um, he was all in on it. Um, and so it started as an idea before there was a federation. Hey, this is something I want to do. I think we can make it happen. Then that opportunity to kind of take over the reins of tribute uh, or provided itself and I jumped on it. Shortly after that, um, USPA Texas was not happy about the idea of someone running the tribute outside of Texas. They had helped Pioneer Fit come up with that, the design, everything. It was kind of a, a shared branding. Mm. Uh, so they were an absolute no, it cannot be called the tribute. And I came up with the showdown. What, what, it took me two weeks and talking to a million people like, what's a cool name for me? It's not it, the tribute, but it can't be called the tribute. Come up with something. We came up with the showdown. Um, at that time, I had talked to Adam, who's the New York State Chair for, or he's the USBA Northeast Director. I think he runs meets in like six states. The dude's a nutball. Just every other weekend, he's in a new state running a meet. He does a phenomenal job. Um, he was going to kind of run the meet for me. So I didn't have to bring equipment. He has it all. Um, I was going to be the promo hype money dude. Now, uh, now, now, if I can ask a quick question before we move forward. When you were going to take the tribute, and so essentially you're buying a used car, it, did you ask him why you why you sell in this car? It was, there was no sale or anything. Matt, I think just at that time, didn't want to be in event planning. It wasn't, his, it wasn't his bag. Because uh, it's a lot of work. It's, it's, yeah. it's pro so, okay. All right. Uh, he loved the idea of it. He, he wanted to be a part of it still as a, as a sponsor uh, at, at the initial talk. Um, he just didn't want to be an event planner. Is and what man, I got from it. I might be misspeaking or mistook him, but I think that's yeah. how it came across was he just wasn't for him as far as event planning. Look, at, listen, if one thing pops up in your life that makes it little, like you have a kid, you have whatever, that's it. You're like, I can't do this. This sounds like it's an all encompassing. Oh my God, I have so much money going into this. I could see how people could get burnt out pretty quick and be like, I'm good. I gave back. I did a couple. Somebody take the brains. And let me, and let me almost, let, let me also say tribute's cool because it's a tribute to the lifters. Shh, I like the showdown because that's exactly what I put in the captions. When we talk about in powerlifting, the showdowns that are going to happen at USA, USPL Nationals or the IPF Worlds. Are, these are showdowns. We're talking 
we're highlighting the showdowns that are going to happen. So when you call it the showdown, that's it, man. That was a perfect name. I was telling my wife, uh, listening to your podcast, how many times you say showdown. Oh, dude. This guy's plugging me without even trying. <laughs> dude, I know. Look, look at everyone does so because it's, you know, it's just the it's the catchphrase it is when you're describing it. So it is perfect. It, if you tell once you say the showdown, everyone understands what the idea and the yeah. concept is. This isn't a regional event. This isn't a, a qualifier for this other event. This is the showdown. This is the rodeo. Right. This is the event. And um, and you didn't know at the time how much this is the event until later, but we'll get there in a second. Okay, so you decided to call the showdown, uh, and now you're hunting around for it. You, you're looking for a meat director, so to speak, and you're thinking, I'll be the money man, the hype man. I'll help put it together. But I'm going to get a guy who runs competitions to run it because I haven't done that before. Yeah. And this is where oh. we're at. And Adam, Adam was all on board. Uh, great dude, runs a phenomenal meet. I've competed at his meets five or six times uh, back in my day when I was still doing it, like competitively. Mm-hmm. Um, great dude. Um, and eventually, as, as time went on, um, I took a, I, I saw an opportunity to where, because the big thing too was I we didn't have a WRPF in New York. We didn't have an RPS because uh, Gene had moved out of New York. So USBA was all we had. Um, Adam is USBA in New York. So if there's a meet in New York, it's his meet. Mm-hmm. So instead of bypassing that, um, I, had, I, I went with him. Um, eventually, I saw an opportunity to where WRPF was looking to expand. Um, they had started making moves, bringing, opening up new states. And I contacted Russell, um, pitched my meat to him um, and said, would I be able to run this under the WRPF flag myself? And he said, absolutely. It sounds like a phenomenal idea. I, I think it's a great antagonist to the Kern. Like we were talking about earlier, um, Kern is the biggest rat meat in, in the country. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's an opportunity for the biggest sleeve meat. So we kind of have the two biggest meats in raw under one flag. Mm-hmm. And it gave me the opportunity to 100% own this product. Uh, not that I don't think Adam would have done a phenomenal job. If anything went wrong, we, I have to split the blame. I'm not about that life. Uh, if anything goes wrong with this meat, it's 100% on me. If this meat is an absolute home run, it's 100% on me. You went uh, all in, man. You went both cheeks. Yeah. Let's go. We're going both whole cheeks. Ass. <laughs> the whole ass, man. <laughs> And, and then that's where uh, I know there's some mention of tumultuous, um, the untested side of powerlifting having a lot of uncertainty, tumultu- tumultuous nature. Um, there's a whole slew of garbage that came out when that switch was made. Mm. Um, I had initially reached out to Matt because it, it was still, I, I was still very, very much talking to him on a regular basis about what we were trying to do. And I let him know I was switching from USBA to WRPF. It gave me an opportunity to ensure 100% of what was happening is what I wanted to happen because it was just my hands on it. Um, I didn't have to work with anyone on it. WRPF gave me free reign. Um, and my big thing was to ensure that every dollar that I took in went right to the prize pool. Mm. So for everything that's occurring at this meet, it is 100% out of my pocket. Um, between banners, website, 
the dope posters Anna Perez made for me, the showdown posters. Those mm-hmm. things were sweet, like Street Fighter. Uh, <laughs> all the equipment was out of my pocket. The prize money is out of our pocket um, for the most part. Even the lifter registrations went right to the prize pool. Um, I just bought 200 t-shirts with all the sponsors on them out of my pocket. So the 35 grand we're throwing up is 100% what's left that's luke brights so what how in if you don't mind me saying how in are you looking uh so two million dollars no nah, i wish <laughs> i wish i had to throw around um state of the arc hooked us up with all the equipment which we unfortunately can't even use um because we're not traveling 15 hours we just don't have that type of equipment to bring that much stuff and jp like i said had kind of saved the day for us so it saved us a nightmare trip um, equipment were about 25 grand, another five grand in plates, um, $30,000 in prize money. I'd say about 10 grand in mis- miscellaneous of websites, posters, um, all sorts of other, and the t-shirts, um, all, all, the, all the, the bells and whistles that come along with doing it. So whatever that adds up to, so call it 70 grand. Holy fudge, dude. Here we go, eh? Here yeah. we freaking go. 70K. And, that, and that's a, the big part of that is about half of that is just startup because that's what it costs. You want to run a powerlifting meet? Get ready to spend thirty-five dollars to $40,000 if you don't own that stuff. That's what – we bought 1,500 pounds in kilo plates. It's a $5,000 bill. And, and so, is so, three grand and so on and so forth. It's the sunken cost for the first one with the hope that, all right, get as close to breaking even on the first one or whatever that is, but then you, the, it's the long play. I got to stay in the game. If I stay in the game and belt off meet after meet after meet, three, four, five years down the road, now we're cooking because the sunken cost I paid year one, I mean, there might be a couple plates here and there, you rotate out or bars or whatever, but for the most part, these things last. I mean, it's a steal. These things last forever, right? So you're, it's, it's the long place. So you got to really, you got to commit when you decide otherwise, unless, or just never put in money that you can't walk away from. Understand yeah. that if you're thinking of break even, this is the long play. You yeah, got it. You're, you're going all in. Okay. Uh, I, I was talking to Garrett about it or Joe Sullivan. Run, run was eight years. My goal is nine. Oh, really? Okay. Just going, if I'm doing something going for it yeah um, that's well, the goal is to create the biggest raw meat in the country flat out every year year after year and i mean it's you're starting with a freaking bang my friend let's let's i don't want to go too ahead so let's back it up though to the storytelling you were saying uh, so you swapped from one fed to the other yeah. and you said you had to deal with some shit there um there was some stuff out of private conversation that got taken out of context that somehow it came out like I was being paid to switch to WRPF. Um, as much as I wish that was the case, I'd love some more money. Uh, it was 100% because I wanted to control all the money in this meet. Mm-hmm. By doing it by myself and being under the WRPF, it allowed me to make sure all the money was going to the lifters. Um, even though this is the showdown, I still 100% have the whole purpose of it was to create the biggest raw meat that gave back to lifters. Um, 
unfortunately with COVID, the prize pool isn't what I hope, but 35 grand ain't nothing to bat your eyes at. It's a lot more than zero, um, yeah. which is what the rest of the year has had. Um, and so it that, went, that came out uh, and that turned into a, an Instagram nightmare. And when was with, this? When, when did the, was this still 2019 or was this 2020? Early 2020. Okay. So I was this before COVID. Yeah, it might have been late 2019, early 2020. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it was late 2019, right before invites went out. Um, so probably in early December of 2019, this happened. Um, I made a nice long post explaining why, like, what was going on. Um, and some of the people involved with USBA weren't happy with us for doing that. I understand that. Um, there's 100% nothing personal. I have nothing against the USBA. It's actually dude, pretty much the only place I've competed with my entire mediocre powerlifting career. Um, I sponsor USBA Northeast. I sponsor uh, Al from uh, in St. Louis, um, and he runs a bunch of USBA meets. Um, I've actually talked to JP about sponsoring his USBA meets. Um, we love powerlifting. I just wanted a situation that allowed me to be 100% in control. That's all it was ever about. If, if, if I'm going in for something for 70K, I'm, I'm not worried about other people's feelings. I'm like, my friend, <laughs> listen, if, I'm, if I feel like I, I have a little more control over my, my 70K over here, and this is a little more, then I'm going to lean that way. It's 100%. I got 70K in. It's no longer, you know, like, I like you guys and we'll work again. But I'm looking after my nut here. This yeah. is a big ask. Just let me, if this makes me rest, because like, look at, I don't know how you even so calm right now if I had 70K invested. Um, but if it makes you rest a little easier and you feel like you got a little more control here and it's all right, I feel a little better with the situation. Man, you, yeah, you can't think twice. You got you to do what you got to do when you got kind of money. When you're that in, that's a big deal. It is, it's just business. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. And that, that all that opportunity just it, it provided us an, a new opportunity, me and my wife, to expand and expand ourselves in powerlifting, not just doing the showdown, but running other meets in, in the state and doing some stuff our way that we'd like to like to do. Um, so it's just a really cool opportunity that it, it solved a couple puzzles for us. Um, there it is. So we're super excited. 2020 wasn't the year we wanted for this new venture. What, what were you thinking? So when 2020 hits and you're sending out invites and the invites are coming back and you're like, hey, shit, like we got initially, what was this? Was this roster just absolutely banging? What was the roster looking like pre-COVID? The roster was getting better even during COVID. Oh, wow. Because we were just like waiting it out. Like, mm -hmm. all right, it, it's starting to look all right. Like things are going to open. We're going to be good. I mean, at one point, we had Yuri Belkin in the meet. Like, that's still by far the coolest thing that's happened to me all year is waking up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work, checking my phone, and Yuri Belkin messaged me <laughs> asking if he would be able to come do this meet. And I'm like, what? <laughs> You're like, I'm not awake yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, rub my eyes. I'm like, dude, this is the coolest thing. Like, yeah, dude, you can come do this meet. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is yes. Where do I send my total to? Now yeah. you qualify. You're good. You're yeah. I don't know if you know who you are, but yeah. like, you've done enough. Yeah. And at that point too, before, because I know I gave Dan Bell a hard time because he technically wasn't qualified. 
Oh yeah, he it, talked about that, didn't he? He yeah. said he liked it for some reason, though. He said on the podcast uh, <laughs> at that time because when Dan was signing up, it was like January. Okay. We were people were coming in. We were filling roster was filling up fast. I think at the point when Dan finally qualified, we only had like ten spots open. When Yuri messaged me, it was like June. COVID had hit. People had dropped. World shut it down. Everyone's dying. And he's like, I want to do this meet. And I'm like, yeah, we got room. <laughs> we got <laughs> and that was a big issue is when we started, it, I literally took, because it ended up being, invites went out. I invited everyone and anyone. Didn't matter what fed you competed with. So like the number one guy on my list was John Hack and then Ray Williams. Ray Williams got an invite. Uh, Brett Gibbs got an invite. Russ Orkey got an invite. I didn't expect them to accept, but it's always, it doesn't hurt to ask. Right. First thing I hear is no. Well, for the most part, IPF, it was just, I didn't hear anything. There was no answers. Uh, but that was the goal of it to, I don't care what fed you lift in. We're going to try to put up as much money as we could possibly get our hands on. Come compete. Biggest Wilkes takes home the big money. Um, and so we ended up, once I figured out the IPF guys were and girls were going to be a big old no, I had to expand my search to get the top level lifters because there's in the U S there's no money in sleeve lifting. Hasn't happened yet. This is like the first time trying to get national caliber top end lifters who had recently competed in sleeves was tougher than I thought it would be. Um, and so we ended up opening it to 2018 and beyond anything over that if you had a sleeve total we invited you dan hadn't had one since 2017 he ends up doing a meet absolutely crushes it first he broke world record yeah it was one of the most casual performances i've ever seen um and then i was like hey you want to come now and he's pretty much like yeah no fucking shit i want to come now <laughs> so you Dan Dan is the just bluntest but nicest dude in the world. I love talking to him. Um one of the coolest guys I've met because of this. Um but he's been super awesome this entire time and just stoked to see him compete. Um but it was just funny. Cuz at first he he really died. I'll have to send you, I'll screenshot the message sending you he goes I seriously have to qualify. Like that literally <laughs> came out of his mouth. Well, that conversation even... started like, yo, can I get an invite? Me and Sean Doyle want to go head to head. Sorry, Dan, you haven't qualified. Like, you haven't competed Ross since 2017. He goes, you fucking kidding? <laughs> you fucking kidding me? I got to qualify? Dude. And I was like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's, it's funny. He is, I know you mean when you mean, uh, like, there's blunt, but there's also nice. People can actually toe the line and be blunt yeah. and nice at the same time. I had a good, con he was, he was great on the podcast. Oh, he was awesome. Saying. But that he actually, awesome. he was actually saying, look it. In a way, he's like, he's like, in a way, I'm like, Jesus, I haven't had to qualify for a meet ever because I'm dead bell. But well, is this first the, total like 2K? Like but, he but, shows up one day, 2K, cool. But, but on the flip side, he was like, I also did respect the fact that we're holding the line when it comes to qualifying. We're holding the line when it comes to, he's like, I did like that though. So there, he like initially, yeah, it was what the shit. But at, when he said, like when he thought about it, he's like, but at the same time, there's a standard to be held, which helps when people show up. If you're going to come in that way, 
it helps alleviate when they show up, they, they can expect this one's going to be by the books. When it comes to weigh-ins, when it comes to the whole nine, there's a professionalism feel to it when you hold the line like that. That, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but with Dan, kind of in light. He's like, I feel comfortable with this. It feels, oh, yeah. feels, it feels a little more legit when someone holds the line a little bit. Because obviously, it wouldn't even, it's not even about Dan, but um, if you do allow somebody and it's, you said 2018, and then it's 2017, and you're like, yeah, but it's Dan Bell, then you know somebody else is going to be like, well, what about me? I haven't, yeah. well, I was 2017 as well. And you're like, fuck. And then it becomes, it's shit, a rabbit hole. It, it becomes one of these, like, I got to draw the line somewhere. Please, guys, work with me. So uh, that's where I think Dan was kind of saying is like, yeah, I got it after, you know. Oh, yeah. But it, but yeah, and he threw it in my face a little bit when he did. <laughs> well, of course, man, you got to. Yeah, yeah of course he did. Of course he did. He's damn well. to put up the biggest raw total ever. Uh, <laughs> right. He's like, does that qualify me? The biggest yeah. total we've ever seen. Because that that was one of the easiest performances I've ever seen. Uh, and he, I think he easily could have gone twenty five hundred plus. I think he sandbagged that dead, last deadlift and could have put a little bit more on there, but he did what he did, and uh, it's hard to talk shit about the biggest total ever. Well. <laughs> <laughs> critiquing the greatest Um, so when COVID hit and everybody's dropping out and things are shutting down all around you and including like some major competitions by June when it came around IPF IPF Worlds is gone uh, and the untested side tons of meats are falling out and your roster's getting devastated here and people certain people are coming in and then they're coming back out like Belkin came in and he's you know traveling is a nightmare unfortunately if they would let him travel he'd 100% do it he just can't come here so what were you thinking though? When you're like, holy, f- how sunken costs were you? And were you just like, if this doesn't happen, did you already have a sunken cost you can't recoup? And you're thinking, oh my God. Well, the, the big one was the, we were getting the equipment either way. We got a space to hold set equipment and kind of built, built our own gym in the meantime. Uh, so we were looking 35, like I got a crate of brand new Evanco Kilo plates, 1500 pounds, brand spanking new from California. Uh, just sitting there. I mean, unpacked them, fill in the cardboard. Uh, So if this meet didn't happen, we would be technically, I don't want to say out because we have something to show for it that allows us to move forward next year. Um, But it'd be $40,000 with nothing, technically in 2020, nothing to show for it. Right. We'd have a cool gym and no meat and out 40 grand cash. And at the time you were scheduled to hold this meet where initially? We were holding it in uh, Amherst, New York, which is right a suburb of Buffalo. Um, cool thing about it, it's 10 minutes from the airport. The ballroom's attached to the hotel. Um, they had a, a really great restaurant in, in the hotel. Um, it just it seemed like a great place to run and meet. Um, really nice ballroom. Um, and New York State is arguably probably the worst place in america I, I don't even know if it's arguable at one point it wasn't anyways it, it numbers like, shit. I, I i think you can make some arguments about like parts of california right that are brutal um new york state has been absolutely brutal during covid um with how they sanctioned businesses events and uh things like that so right now even today we are still at a max cap of 50 people gathered in a single space um unless it's like walmart if it's walmart 600 people's fine it's cool 
Home Depot, whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you want to have an event, it can't be over 50. Mm. Masks have to be worn at all times. Um, if you travel to New York from, it's like 38 of the 50 states, you have to quarantine for two weeks. They, tr they have tracers at the airport. They take down your information. If you get caught, it's a $2,000 automatic fine. Um, stuff that makes it really just, no one wanted to come here. And I don't blame them. Um, mm -hmm. If you told me, hey, there's a chance you'll get a $2,000 fine if you come to New York and don't stay in your hotel room. For two weeks. So you, you're, you're like weeks. people who want to compete got to take minimum two weeks off, off work just for the quarantine. Yeah. So you're coming two weeks ahead of that. And if you're coming in two weeks ahead to quarantine before the event, you're not training. You're not. It, it just logistically would not work. No, it just doesn't work at all. And New York, by the time we were hoping it would loosen. So I ran up until August, mid-August is when I finally made the call that this can't happen in New York. What can we do? Um, fortunately, I became over this year since we started this meet um, earlier on, I'd asked JP, I reached out. Um, JP, you're like one of the OG like powerlifters. You're the man. Would you, and I know you do the announcing and commentating. Would you, if I flew you out here, would you do it? And he goes, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, so we'd be kind of slowly but surely became pretty good friends um, as best we could via texting and phone calls. Um, I, he and Ryan had kind of put it out there like, hey, we can do this in St. Louis or North Kansas City, uh, Missouri. Eventually when the time came to make the call, I'm like, can we, can we really do this in Missouri? And he goes, absolutely. We'll bring the equipment, all this. You just pay to rent the hall, get the chair, like any cost incurred, you cover. We'll bring all the equipment. We'll set it all up. We'll help run the meet. All right. We're moving into Missouri. <laughs> and this is a big, so you, have you got, like, are you losing out in terms of anything you put down to hold the event or is this, you did no, it in time? The, the Buffalo Niagara Marriott, because of the COVID sanctions has been nothing but absolutely top-notch awesome. Um, from what I've heard, they have refunded anyone who had booked a room for this event, everything like that, like zero issues, no questions asked. Here's your money back. Nice. Um, okay. They didn't hold me to anything. I said, there's no way we can do this. And he goes, I a hundred percent understand. Hopefully we can do something next year. Oh, wow. See, man. And, th and that's why you would come back next year. Yeah. though. That's a hundred percent. If yeah. I had heard people like they won't refund me or I get a credit or things like that, they a hundred percent cash back. No questions asked right then and there done. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal group of people there. The, the space is beautiful. Um, it's like 10,000 square feet. Um, just all the rooms that they set off for us were literally the ones around the ballroom where the event was. So a lifter could literally wake up at 8 a.m. in the morning of the meet and walk across the hall to the meet. Perfect. Yeah. It was, cool, it, was, it was a perfect spot. It was it's a, a nicer place. It's up to date. So it's not dingy or crappy. It's mm. very nice place. So I look forward to hopefully being able to do it there next year. And, and what was the what was the date around about that you made this decision? We're gonna freaking bolt from Buffalo to St. Louis. First week of August. Damn. It so was, are was, you I waited long enough to hope New York would stop being stupid, but it gave me enough time that if we announce this right now, people can hopefully 
make adjustments. Like it gave them an almost two months. Uh, it was like seven weeks to, all right, we can make this happen. Uh, and so far it, it's gone better than I expected. Uh, yeah, were you thinking, cause this is a big move. Were you thinking to yourself, oh my God, I don't know what's gonna, like how much anxiety you have? You're like, okay, here's an announcement. Cause you've had uh, to make a couple of these with this competition so yeah, far no, already, right? Cool. Um, I wasn't stoked about it. I was stoked that we found a way to make it happen. Um, I was nervous about would it be enough to keep this like, here's the option. I love it. Will everyone else? Right. Unfortunately, it's not just about me. I, I got at the time when we made the announcement, we had 50 lifters. Would they be on board? And you're Unfortunately, thinking, some at the, of the, this is the showdown, not the mild skirmish. Yeah, right? <laughs> we had 50 lifters to worry about. And uh, unfortunately, some of them due to uh, we've had a ton of injuries. Um, and then there's some uh, their, their jobs won't let them leave. They found out about it and said, if you go there and do that, you will not get you'll be quarantined for two weeks and get no pay. I don't expect anyone to lose two weeks of pay to come mm -hmm. lift weights. People yeah. got bills, mortgages, families. Is more important, 110%. Um, unfortunately, at this point, no one's getting rich powerlifting, really. So I don't blame anyone for choosing their livelihood over powerlifting, um, especially in this situation where a lot of places are not taking this as a joke. Uh, and there really is legitimate repercussions. Mm -hmm. So when you still have like 30, I think 34 lifters. <laughs> and, and you got some... And you got some quality, a lot of a lot of like world record breakers, and when we got a showdown. So you're going now. You've transferred over, and what's all coming about this? Like you you don't have the hands on that you would normally have. Like organizing an, an event from afar is probably a little more anxiety ridden because you're not there, and you let's talk a little bit about a getting there, organizing it from afar. And again, this is your first meet, but JP is going to run this now. So you kind of have a, some of the run the date operations of it. Is that how it's uh, going to work we're out? We're actually, me and my wife are driving. We actually leave tomorrow. Um, we're driving down. Um, it's about a 15 and a half hour drive for us. So we'll be getting in Thursday. So we'll be there from setup, the moment setup starts all the way through teardown and helping JP bring all of his equipment back. Um, the nice thing is, I 110% trust JP to, I know he runs a phenomenal meet. It's part of his living. He not only owns a phenomenal gym, but he runs, I want to say damn near 10 meets a year. Okay. okay. He knows but what he's doing. He's, this is a well-oiled machine. Yeah. He, he, he's a professional. He's not only been around the sport and one of the best to ever do it, but he's also ran a ton of meets. Um, and he knows what he's doing. He just, he's been running meets the last two weeks, two, three weeks. He's ran two meets, phenomenal meets. All I've seen is people go nuts over how well they've been run and how great it was. Um, not only the meet itself, but the way it's set up to deal with the COVID um, scares and all that. Um, so he's also being very conscientious, um, social distancing, providing uh, sanitation areas and stuff like that. So he has a great idea of what he's doing because it's not just him doing me a favor and moving his gym to another, like to a room for us, but it's part of his livelihood and he's, he's absolutely crushing it. Um, so I'm stoked to be, to be working with him. And I, I honestly think I'll probably learn a ton from him, uh, me and my wife to how we would run a meet. 
You know so what? It's actually they, a pretty cool experience. I, I was just about to say, you almost collect yourself a bit of a mentorship for the first, maybe it's better off. Maybe, maybe this is good that, Hey, look at for the first year, I almost went all in myself. Bam, a mentor emerges. Now I can, you know, cause you're going to have a lot to do stressed out wise anyways. Oh, yeah. Now you got a team. Now you got a team. You got some yeah. people with you now. And these guys, like if he's run that many meets, I, you'll, you'll, you'll pick up a lot. You can take oh, notes 100%. and make, okay. Cause, the, cause when you were going to be in Buffalo, would it only have been yourself running it the whole way through? No, we did have some help. Um, Gary Kanaga, um, who was, who runs WRPF Ohio, and he's uh, the regional director, I believe is his title. Um, he's been running meets for 30 years. Okay. I've been at meets. He's helped run. My wife's competed at meets. He's run on his own. He runs the, the battle in Ohio. Um, it's the oldest sanctioned meet in the United States. I think it's on you like year 32 or 33. Cause that was, was that a USCPL meet at some point? It might, I know it was a USPA meet at some point. Okay. It might've been a USAPL meet before that. Okay. Uh, but he run, he run like last year, my wife judged and it was a five platform meet. There was like 160 lifters in a single day. It was okay. insane. And the thing was smooth done by like five o'clock. 160 lifters <laughs> in a single day in one room done by five. Yeah, he's a magician. He's a wizard. It, it's impressive. So he yeah. was going to be kind of a uh, co-meet director with, uh, to help us make, ensure that you guys know what you're doing on meet day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's been a USPA judge the last three years. Um, we, she competes uh, in powerlifting as well. I've done it for the last 10 years. She's been in it for the last five or six. We've all been at and competed in our fair share of meets. We understand how they work. Mm-hmm. but it's just nice to have someone who's had to run the entire thing from the jump mm-hmm. kind of overlooking and just being like, Hey, don't forget about that. Cause hey, there are things. Go. Yeah. Like, like oh. you had said about the event, there are things that pop up. You're like, uh, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Nope. And he, they, that's what a veteran does. They've seen it coming. And they already know it's coming. They, they, they're, they're able to tell you, Hey, by the way, and you're like, Oh, that totally would have blindsided me tomorrow morning. Yeah, not, exactly. not good. This is going to save you a lot of time and money if yeah. you do this, that, and the other ahead of time. Um, so now we have JP doing that for us. Um, and just overall, like, yeah, I can't say enough about him and Ryan. Just they absolutely gain nothing by doing this while spending a ton of man hours and asking a ton of favors of their people to make this happen. And it just because they want it to happen. Just for the love of the game, these guys yeah. are gonna these guys would only be like, this has to happen. The showdown has to happen. Yeah. And I think that's the, the sport needs more of that attitude. Right. We yeah. just need to do some stuff to make some shit happen that the sport needs. Period. It, this this 2020, maybe not, but most years, I always tell people if you compete at least one competition, you have to spot and load or help set up breakdown or whatever it is at least once a year you got to get back and do something there's so many people who just take 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 and it'll be like you know it's just their own whether whether it's just independently they want to compete in it or they're running their own businesses or whatever it is they're taking but not many people raise their hand when it's like we got to all pitch in to make this thing grow we're not we don't have major sponsors it's sponsors we go out hunt down or it is ourselves our own businesses we don't have like massive media platforms the platforms we make ourselves even the ipf 
Worlds went out and, and got their own TV crew and paid them to come in to put this together because television's not being like, can we put this on TV? Yeah. So when people... You need ESPN the Ocho. Right, right. Yeah. Like, we are where we are because enough people have raised their hands and be like, let's put together the infrastructure to carry this. But there's so many people, man, who just show up meet day like it was magic. Like it just happened. You don't understand the stress and the hard work that happened behind the scenes. And so many people that show up and be like, they just see all the shit that they wish came, like they see all the negatives. And when something good happens, they're like, wow, pfft, about time this happened. It's like, yeah. man, do you know this was like a 10 year work in progress? <laughs> like, or uh, yeah. Modern times, it's all too often that people feel they're just consistently owed whatever is there. 100. 100%. Well, yeah, why wouldn't it be that way? Do you know that took? Like, <laughs> this wasn't that, that way when I showed up. When Look, we're both 10-year veterans. This wasn't the way it was. This no. wasn't the way it was when we showed up in the game. And, and nobody, when we showed up in the game and that wasn't there, and people started being like, it's funny me and you were talking because we both started building what we wanted to see. Nobody was there with it, and nobody was there how to do it. You're just like, don't know what I'm doing, don't know where I'm starting, I'm just going to start building something because there's, we need it there. And then here we are 10 years later and we're doing the things we're doing. And yeah, man, some people walk in and will actually critique what you're doing, but nobody's around for like, it's like, man, that, that's very convenient of you to show up when this infrastructure is built. You realize we didn't have corporations, media outlets, or like professionals coming in. We just, Everything you have around you is the people that, that you see in front of you putting these things together. It's, I don't know, I mean, there's a weird sense of entitlement when people come in late in the game. Yeah, 10 years ago, like Instagram didn't really exist. And there no, was like, no, it was new about because like, there was a bunch of dudes who lifted a bunch of weights. You're like, I want to lift with that dude. He's moving the most weight in here. And then you hear about a powerlifting competition in the back of some veterans hall. Right. And there's a bunch of metal music blasting and there's 30 people in the room and that's it. And now it's. You get Instagram famous, YouTubes are blowing up. Dude, back at 10 years ago, nobody's YouTube was blowing up. Instagram wasn't around yet. Facebook was like, I mean, if we're talking 2010, Facebook was still fairly low key, but those are just your connections. You don't get Facebook friend. Uh, famous because it's just your friends. Instagram was followers. Facebook wasn't followers yet. So no. there wasn't that what people don't realize. You would show up and be like, oh, that's what this guy looks like. That's what that girl looks like. I didn't even know because all I saw was result sheets and that's it. And you might look at results. I kid you not, I would show up and be like, oh damn, I didn't even know what to expect when I seen certain people. Nobody knew who anybody was. Nope. And it was just so low key. If people think we're a niche sport now, we are like a hundred times bigger than we were a decade ago. We were so niche, it was ridiculous. I mean, when when I first started, there was two meets a year in my area, like within four hours. I I can think of two meets. I yeah, can, you you got to travel for competition. To travel six hours is nothing. No, that's not a big deal. I mean, when I first started doing it, it was normal. We'd have a local meet, which was like Buffalo local. And then you were traveling to Ohio or at least like Rochester, Syracuse in, in Buffalo, in, in Western New York, which is like a two, two and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. But now uh, you can find a meet anywhere. Yeah. There, we got USAPL, RPS 
USPA, we'll have WRPF. There's probably five federations in Buffalo, New York. And there's a meet at least once a month. Went from a, we had a red brick bench competition and that's all was bench only. 100% of the proceeds go to veterans. Um, and then usually like a state championship. And that's all there was. That was it. it. And now you have people who have like, like Steffi Cohen's pushing up on a million followers. Larry Wheels has surpassed that. And they're like, onto some mainstream shit. I'm a UFC boxing fan. And some of the channels that I listen to, they know, or I, I swear to God, I don't want to say Joe Rogan. Well, Joe Rogan had like Lane Norton as high powerlifters on. Oh, he yeah. had him on as a nutritionist, but still like he's had, you know, some people on that are like, like they, they're aware of powerlifters. They'll talk, oh, they'll yeah. mention Steffi Cohen or Larry Wheels. They're aware of who these people are. There's that a few of them who, have, happened. who have grown past just powerlifting. They, their personality and their persona um, has grown so far past that. Just to be, they're interesting human beings. They do ridiculous shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Larry Wheel's one of them. Like, the dude bench presses other grown men for fun <laughs> in each hand. Like, yeah. the, the kind of YouTube shit. Like, I get why people, two million people want to follow Larry Wheels. Right. The dude's a freak. Stephanie's the same way. She's an absolute monster. Mm -hmm. And the stuff she can do is insanity because she's just a super impressive athlete. She's not just a power. She's a legitimate athlete. Uh, where a lot of powerlifters think they're an athlete, like, I was a powerlifter, one athlete. I went up, down, in some direction, and that's it. Ask me to do something athletic, and you'll probably see me laying on the ground. Um, but there's a few what, just freaks who have taken full advantage of their potential and seen where it can go. Well, um, now that now that you can feasibly, if not, like you're going to make a – because individuals like yourself, you're going to make some money at some competitions, nothing crazy where it's going to tie you over for the year. However, it is, it's, it, there's money. And on top of that, the following has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger every single year so that you can make your own money if you're ambitious enough. If you got yeah. a business mind, if you got a business acumen, look at Steffi Collins doing. They got like, I, I remember when she was on, when she was first on the podcast, um, I forget where they, I don't know exactly where they were living, but like hybrid was starting to pick up. And then when yeah. she came back on the podcast again, like two years later, I was like, how many employees is hybrid? And I forget now, but they're like, I don't know, like 20, 30 employees. We have, yeah. we're moving into a new gym, like a new facilities. And it's like, I'm blown away. I'm like, you guys have just murdered it. And you know, the content they're putting up and like they're, if they, you're ambitious, you, you could, you could do it. hundred percent. I mean, that's how, what I do with eat right. Um, we started, we were literally two chemical operators. Our plant got shut down. So we ran with this back against the wall. Like, oh, we're losing our jobs. Let's try. And we ran with it. Just me, me and my business partner, my now wife, she was my girlfriend at the time. She helped. Um, and then all of a sudden in like four months, like, Hey, we're actually making money. Cause we started with just max out credit cards. Oh, we maxed out like 10 grand on credit cards, bought a bunch of stuff, started doing it. And now we have two locations. We employ 20 people. Uh, we're the official sponsor, the meal prep partners of the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Sabres, and the Buffalo Bandits. Holy smokes, dude. So you, you, you went from like max out credit cards to be like, okay, this is going to take a while to pay you off. With, and credit card interest is crippling. It's not even the 10K. It's Disgusting. the interest on it. Yeah, you, you're like, it'll take forever to catch up on this, on the principal. No, it's brutal. 10, 10K 
turns into 20 K turns into 50 K. Yeah. If you don't get on top of it right away, it's absolutely, that is one thing. Uh, side note, if you can't pay for a cash, don't buy it. That's my, my business advice for this podcast. <laughs> cash, don't buy it. At least initially, but you did start your, your whole business off of interest and the, I mean, that's in the worst of interest too, is credit card interest. Yeah. But you yeah, got to be confident. Would... Sometimes you got to, man, it's, it's crazy. For every one of you, there's like a hundred guys that it didn't work and they just ended up paying. I will hundred percent own that. I haven't been as insane as I am talking to you today. If our, if that business hadn't shut down, I could easily make six figures busting my ass working in a factory. I was cool with that. I did it for five years. Didn't mind it at all. Um, actually, I think it was part of the reason I was as decent at powerlifting as I was at the time was because of the manual labor I was doing. Um, so I didn't really mind it. It was good money, health insurance. They shut the plant down or announced they were shutting it down. If I had not had that kind of like, well, I'm losing my job anyways, I probably wouldn't have done what I'm doing, what I had done. I would have easily coasted on, I can make six figures and retire when I'm 60. And are you, and, and the thing is you would never have, so at the time you were like, oh my God, I had this all pathed out and I'm set. And when it starts shutting down and it's that, holy shit, what am I going to do now feeling? Yeah. Little did you know, this was like a blessing, but you yes. would have thought so at the time thinking this is the worst possible thing that could happen. Yeah. There's a hundred percent like backs against the wall. I don't want to, we have a, I thought we had a great idea. This is, I think I thought it was a phenomenal idea. Uh, but would I have risked losing everything to pursue it when I still had what I thought was everything? No. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have that set of cojones at the time <laughs> when I was 25. I didn't have that set of cojones. Um, and that's fair enough. So I'll own that. I didn't always have this, uh, adventurous, um, let's gamble. Let's throw, let's just go for it. Um, until I was forced to, or maybe not forced to, but I, I was given a better opportunity to see what I could do. Um, but people like Steffi, I think amazingly smart, great idea and the follow through, it's 100% why it works is the follow through was perfect. Um, you you gotta be offer, okay with- They offer value at, a, at the right price and the product holds up to what they're promising. If you and, do that every time you will win. And you gotta be, you gotta be okay with taking some risk and, and hustling when you're going to do the entrepreneurial work, you got to work like nobody's willing to work. Like loose ends pop up. You're the one who's going to hold the bag. Oh, yeah. you're, I mean, so you have to go all in. First four or five months of our business, we were still working at the factory 40 hours a week and doing this on the side. So for five months or so I worked seven days a week, nonstop. Mm. I, I went from one to the other. If I was off from the one, I was at the other all day and vice versa. Um, and it just, it, it ended up one day we realized like, oh, it just blew, it literally just one day blew up. We went from, hey, this is growing a little bit to, oh shit, we need help. Like we can't keep up oh, wow. and just never look back. and just been running with it since. So week out right now and you haven't tried, when you, when you leave, you leave? Tomorrow afternoon. Okay, so here we are. This is the, you're walking into the first week ever holding a competition and it has now become 
is this, is this the biggest competition of 2020? I mean, it's debatable. It's got to be up there. It's got to be in that conversation. I mean, I think the only competition it would have would be the meet Steffi ran. I can't think of anything else. I mean, there's the Arnold, but the Arnold not for the untested, really, right? I didn't hear anything happen at the XPC meet this year. Usually I hear of something happening. Last year, Stacy was I think it was last year she broke the the Wilkes. Was that 2019 or was that 2018? It, uh, 2019 because um, it was before the Kern when Steffi and, uh, and Mariana went, went toe-to-toe. Toe. Toe. Yeah. For the, 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 the big untested showdown of 2019. That was the – look at that those was two dope, girls. Was dope. Dude, those two alone was absolutely phenomenal. Right down to the last deadlift. I, and, I, the Kern has a – I don't know if I want to call it a bad habit of that, but the girls at the Kern show out every year. That would yeah. have been the running model. 17, 18, 19, the girls was like, damn, something happened that was insane. Powerlifting is one of those sports where, and I've talked about a couple times on the podcast, um, like there's the UFC, the women's division, men will get right up in there and love watching that and powerlifting. There's not a lot of sports where men will sit down and watch WNBA, women's hockey, women's you know, uh, baseball, whatever. But women's powerlifting, oh, hell yeah. Well, oh, they can all in. It's it's and and it's it's quality, man, and it's like just just as equal quality as the men's, and the men do one hundred percent support and know who's who, and we'll watch the preview shows like we do a preview show for the women's, and then if we separate it and do the men's the next one because it's running too late, just as many downloads, everybody's all in, which is the beautiful thing about powerlifting, and it's not like that with every single sport, collegiate no. sports, in different colleges and universities. You know, you all hear about how like attendance records, whatnot can be struggling and the women themselves don't necessarily support, um, you know, those, those women's sports. Cause there's enough women. If they did, they would make WNBA would make millions as well. There's yes. more women than men in the world, but um, for whatever reason, it doesn't, but powerlifting. Oh, hell yeah. And, and Steffi Cohen, Mariana was for 2019, one of the top ones. I'm, I mean, there's a couple you know, the, the world IPF world championships, the women's 72 kilo class was absolutely phenomenal as well. But that was one of the big ones, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that it, 100% the women can show up. What, what are you looking at this one right here? Who are some of the comp, who are some of the showdowns and some of the lifters that you're excited about to check out that you uh, think people need to pay attention to? Honestly, and I, I'm prefacing this with I listened to Garrett's portion. Okay. So I'm going to kind of, I'm kind of remembering what he was talking about. I think Konica Bird at 148 is going to do some shit. Like, she's going to show out, show out. Um, she already beat, to Garrett's point, I believe she already beat Bama's record, but Mariana beat it on the same day. Mm. Mariana edged her out by six pounds on the total, I think, if I'm recalling correctly, because it was that tribute, 2019. They both went 148 in sleeves, um, and I believe... Konica broke Stacy's record, and then Mariana broke Konica's record. Mm. So they were six pounds apart. Mariana, who arguably will say at least top two if you're not going to consider the number one. So I think she's going to have an insane day. Um, Chloe Lansing at 148.2, I, I think that's the battle, the showdown in the girls' division. Like the straight-up head-to-head. Those two going head-to-head is going to be insane. 
And Miriam is still in this, right? Yeah, 100%. The cool thing is what you guys talked about. Uh, Mariana Hunter was kind of the – Hunter Henderson was kind of the conversation about the top two maybe. All the girls are one flight. Oh, nice. Have, that makes game play. Yeah, you know what? When this happens, and, and, and I feel like it doesn't – people don't fully grasp. When it's all one flight, it becomes – handling becomes such a massive tool. And handling is like if you got a good handler – if two people are very close, handling can absolutely the guy the guy or girl who's slightly weaker can still win. I've seen it. I've oh, called yeah. so many sessions. IPF worlds can be stacked one through five, sometimes like even greater, depending on the division. And you see handling where if it's tight, and it's always tight when it's this level of competition. We're talking tip of the spear talent here. A good handler is gonna take you there. A good handler is like a caddy in golf. A good handler, it is, you know, it'll, it'll make all the difference. And when you're looking at this, I mean, I don't know the handlers enough. Not in, in the IPF, yes, not in the untested as much. But these women have been around the block. Now, how many of them have been in showdowns as tight? And how many of them have handlers that have been in showdowns as tight? It will make the difference if it comes into a close oh, battle. So I think and I'm looking forward to that. The cool thing with the way we have the, my, my wife is set up all the flights, it's all the women in the first flight the lightweight men through 220 in the second flight and then 242 and up. So all the showdowns between the women will occur. All the classes in the light, lighter weight men are all in the same flight. So you won't have like a split of the 220 class or anything like that. Um, and then all the big boys are together. So you'll see all those guys have to go head to head. Um, but back to the women. I, so I think that I wanted to comment on that, 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 that is one flight. So you don't, have that issue of, well, she got to see what I did first. Yeah. Well, no, you guys are going to find easy. out at the same time. Right. Um, right. And there's some gamesmanship in terms of the handling. Which yeah. I like. um, but I think Mariana's going to show up like she tends to always show up and do some insane stuff. Hunter, like Garrett and you guys talked about, her training has been out of this world. Mm. Um, uh, she hasn't had a hard lift yet, but she's hit PRs across the board. Um, I'm excited about a late ad we had, Jessica Springer. Um, from my understanding, she'll be going for the biggest deadlift done by a woman ever. That's what uh -huh. is on there. So we're looking at a well over 600 pound deadlift. Um, we have a couple really young competitors, Cora Meekum, Haley Hill, and uh, Rachel Torres. If you look her up, most of her open powerlifting is under Rachel Durand. I think the three of them are all like 22 or younger. Um, hmm. And looking at hitting some huge totals and being as young as they are and as new as they are, um, maybe they we aren't talking about them unseating a number one, but I think long term, if they can hang out, they're going to do some insane stuff. I know Haley Hill's like a buck thirty two, and she's like twenty two, and I think she just benched two seventy five. Holy at, shit! At yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these people could be the lifter to watch later on. Everybody yeah. starts somewhere. This could be the. The, the coming out party, so to speak, oh. just to put it pop up on everybody's radar. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so even though it's we lost, we lost some of the lifters, like uh, unfortunately, Robin Machado, who was on, on it uh, actually like two hours ago, let me know that uh, earlier in the year, she broke her arm squatting um, at a meet. She snapped her forearm um, and it's just, she's not feeling up to it. Um, and I totally understand. I don't expect anyone who thinks they might end up getting hurt to still show up and do it. Mm -hmm. and be put out again all in one year. Um, 
but otherwise, yeah, no, I think the girls class is going to show out. I think it's, it's going to be more, even more fun now having it all in one flight and they can all kind of just feed off each other and go head to head and really see what's what. I'm excited to see because Mariana, she's coming off first. Like, I, I'm not sure what we'll see in terms of coming off a bodybuilding show. I know when I speak to people who've done some bodybuilding, your strength is greatly depre- depleted. Now it's been a minute, but it's, it seems relatively close to the competition to have done a bodybuilding show, but who knows? She's obviously fairly confident. So I am interested in seeing, I don't know if she's thinking I'm coming for the win or I'm coming for all time Wilkes type deal. I would love to see what she does in that regard um, because she is the Wilkes queen and she didn't only take the title. And this is what I love about it. She didn't just go after the Wilkes record. She had to do it in a head to head battle with one of powerlifting's biggest stars and Steffi Cohen on a massive stage. And that's how titles should be won is on the platform with the person there and Steffi Cohen, that was number one, number two, to this day, those are the top two Wilkeses of all time, and those women battled it out. Love yeah. to see it. And that's how I think powerlifting titles, people should be crowned, right? Is in competition. Oh, so I, I, it's 100%. Uh, yeah. It's a lot more interesting. Like, like you guys have talked about on the cast. Like, it's always awesome to watch John Hack do what John Hack does. Now, let's watch John Hack do what John Hack does when someone else is do, like a Dan Bell is doing what Dan Bell does. Right. And it just makes it all the more interesting. Like who's going to have the better day or who's going to make the call to really just send it Mm -hmm. or play it safe and let the other person maybe miss or whatever, whatever may, may happen. Mm -hmm. Um, It creates, it creates a tension and an excitement that there's an actual competition happening, not just a dude in the gym or a girl in the gym. All right. Let's have your day. Let's see what we can do. We're going to a local meet because they're all time records. So you go to a local meet where you're relatively unopposed and you're just going to, you know, you just got the numbers you want to hit, you lay it out, but there's no audibles that need to be called. But when no. someone's chasing you, like with Steffi Cohen and Mariana, there was tons of audibles that needed to be called. There was tons 100%. of, there's, it's a change. That's what sports is. It's a changing of momentum. And it's unpredictable. That's the way it's supposed to be. Um, no one wants to see exhibition lifts. There's no skin in the game. You want to see a game. So there's got to be opposition. So that's why, yeah, it's the whole point of the showdown. Looking at the men's, who are some of these people? Uh, the, the roster's been updated, so maybe we'll announce some updates. But also, who are some people we should be watching out for, you think? Um, I'll lead with the updates because I still feel bad. I, I didn't put these guys on there. Um, Shane Holler and Craig Foster out of Florida. Um, Shane's a 308. Craig's a, sh- uh, a super heavy. Um, so Craig will actually be going up against Sean and Dan Bell. Those are our three super heavies. Craig, I will say, I've never seen an individual squat the the amount of weight he squats the way he squats it. He is built like Ray Williams, but moves ten times faster. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to send you I, the video. I sent you the one video. You have to watch it. That dude will move nine hundred pounds in a half second flat in the hole. Up. See you later. Put it back on the rack. Um, just impressive squat speed, impressive strength. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we possibly see if Sean can put it together, you might see three dudes in wraps squat a grand. Holy smokes. One in, after in another. Sleeves. Yeah, in sleeves. I don't think, in fact, I can say for sure. I don't think that's ever happened. Maybe big dogs. You had three dudes. You definitely have multiple guys in wraps doing it, but never in sleeves. 
Yeah. Um, I will also with the show aids, Dan Bell has already promised a 2,500 plus that I don't know if you told me that in confidence, (laughs) it's out there now. (laughs) It's out Uh, there now. And I I got a a rack of uh, of, uh, Coors waiting for him if it happens. (laughs) Um, But, uh, and then Shane Howler at 308 to go up against Zach Myers, Rob Phillips, James Strickland. Shane trains with Craig. uh, Absolutely monstrously strong dude. He's pretty even across the board. I think you're going to see a top end squat, bench, and deadlift out of him. He's not going to break any single lift all-time world records, but the dude can put a total together. So I'm really excited to see him. Um, just going down the list, there's so many just insane dudes. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely, and we covered a lot of them in the uh, in the Gareth Fear. Has there been any dropouts? Uh, Zach Smith at Showway dropped out. Um, like okay. Garrett said, Cal Callier, I asked. I'm like, hey, dude, you still coming? Just radio silence. Um, okay. And like, like Garrett said, I, I've gotten a few people tell me that's kind of, as you guys say, classic Callier. Um, yeah, Kaler, Kaler Wooley. Kaler, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any other drops? I, I don't remember anyone else you guys – oh, Mikey Estrella. Mikey Estrella, that's right, 148, right? 148, he, he tore his hip. Okay, well. I think he – I, I want to say he said his hip labrum maybe, like literally two days ago, squatting. It was like his last heavy squat, and he blew I- I was just posting him, like like leading into this to help hype the event. And then somebody had messaged me saying, yeah, he's out. I'm like, what? I swear to God, I posted him like three days ago. And yeah. bam, that's how quick things turn. And that's where it is. Like, you can have the, the greatest line of a people are pushing themselves to the limit. You know, there isn't going to be another big show after this. No. And there was nothing before this. So everybody's, this is it. Everyone's going all in for the training on this. Yeah, and um, yeah. Um, I feel like there's a 181-er who dropped because um, we still got Michael Duran and Jawan Garrison, but we had another, uh, Charles Vogel. Um, same thing. He's just had a, a tweak injury that he can't get rid of, and he just doesn't feel comfortable. He doesn't want to push it. Hmm. Um, I was really excited to see him because I thought the 181s were going to be a really just cool head-to-head, like three dudes super close to each other um, and see who could squeak that out. Um And have you heard of this John Hack kid? He's pretty good. Well, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> what do you, right, he's farm boys, right? Yeah. In terms of in terms of in terms of what John Hack's putting together, I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to say too much, but this his his training has been absolutely monstrous. He at his body weight touched to, on a little bit when ten years ago, Jesse Norris was like this Terminator. The dude showed out. I remember he totaled. He was the first guy at under two hundred pounds to total over two thousand. Or was it? Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, he totaled like twenty fifteen in sleeves, and it was like it was like seven years ago or whatever, six years ago. And I was just like, as a one ninety eight competitor myself at the time, I was just like, well, if, I'm just gonna go fuck myself. Like, <laughs> that's not even human. And to put it in perspective, that this was like twenty fourteen. I had a six fifty deadlift. I was a top 30 deadlifter in the country at, at 198. That doesn't even – people that, – that's a 132 polar right now. Like, the, the sport's grown so insanely in the last six years with the talent pool. Um, Hack 
is just he's Ed Cohen second coming, I guess. Like he's if Ed Cohen's Michael Jordan, John Hacks, LeBron James, I guess is that I don't he he's impressive. I don't we're he leaves getting you speechless. To, we're getting to a point where it is getting ridiculous and it's starting to become a bit of a, like a the John Hack show where it's it's tough to find opposition, at least like head to head. Like you got a Dan Bell situation here. But in terms of like the head to head, same flight, relatively close body weight. It sounds like we got to find out how to get Yuri in sleeves. We had Yuri, and I swear I will move mountains. I've already started talking to Yuri about 2021. Thank you, sir, because this is exactly – listen, I was not going to have this podcast come and go without us having this conversation. Every podcast we did leading up to this one, we talked about somebody's got to make this happen, and you knew when you were coming on – we were going to be like, yeah. hey, can no. we please try to make this uh, happen? If my, you're the dude to make it happen, God bless, man. You I are the Don King of powerlifting. I messaged him and I said, Yuri, 2021, you have to do this. What do I have to do to sweeten the pot to stray, get you to stray from a different meet? Like wh- whatever we have to make happen to have the showdown happen, you at the showdown. And then I'll work on getting Hack and getting Jamal and Kevin Oak, like that is my goal. If I have to spend more money or whatever it may be, if I have to fly them all in and put them in hotels, like that's the goal of this is to have the biggest raw powerlifting meet and answer some questions. Who is the best? Um, let's get, and at, at one point before the drop started happening, Kevin's shoulders jacked. Jamal, I think it was his hip is jacked. Yuri can't leave Russia right now or he can't come stateside. Um, we've had some major injuries knock out some insane competitors. Because at one point, the 242 class, Aaron Palco, Max Jean-Philippe, Jamal Browner, Yuri Belkin, Kevin Oak. Um, I want to say there was one more. I'm blanking really bad right now. Um, but find me, a, find me a class more stacked. Yeah. Yeah, the dude who's going to squat over nine, three dudes who were going to squat or pull nine, is that the, the big – sorry, Max, but I'm a, everyone doesn't really – you don't post lifting, but you're going to pull nine. Like, that's his goal. He's a USAPL kid um, whose memes are so fire, they, they banned him. <laughs> really? Swear, I couldn't believe it. I came across his page. Somebody's like, oh, you should let him compete. And I'm like, this kid just posts memes. Like, he's not a lifter. And then the kid said, no, look up this name. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, this kid's a really strong lifter. And he's from, hmm. general, from my general area. He's, he's from Western New York almost. I'm like, holy shit. And I watched this kid did his last meet. He pulled like 860 or something. Hmm. Wearing a Goku costume. Dragon Ball Z. Just molested him. So he's a character. Literally. Say the least. Funniest kid in the world, though. Super nice dude. Strong as hell. Just no one really knows him because he just post memes and they're hilarious. If you could do, so if we're looking at 2000, well, hopefully 2021 and hopefully it's then that we could, let's just say, just for the sake of it, let's say in 2021, you do have a window where you could piece this together and it becomes the international competition you want, meaning you can bring over a Belkin. What are the top three showdowns? If you're like, look it, I got a pot. I can't have everybody. 
because p certain people want certain money and flights and et cetera. Yeah. And you already know it adds up quick. Let's say you're like, I want to do this. And I want to big, and you know, if you made hack versus Belkin, all I swear to God, it, you could almost do hack Belkin. And then underneath it doesn't even have to be all killer and people are going to tune in and that yeah. would almost be enough. So, but let's say you can have three killer matchups and, and, and the women in there as well, let's say Steffi comes back. So I think there's an obvious, there's an obvious yeah. one in there that seems like, oh my God, it was so good the first time around, let's rematch them. But give me a few matchups you would love to piece together if you could for 2021, if all parties are involved. Uh, I would love to, if you can get Hack to go to 220, because I, him and Balkan at 220 would be pretty insane. Because Balkan, he walks around like 225. He's not a filled out 242. That's not. He's not even close. He he could not eat dinner, and he's 220 in the morning. Right. Hack's probably walking around. I'd guess 205. He's getting bigger. He, he dude's looking real swole. He's getting dude, slow. He put on some size. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the tank tops got tighter since he moved out <laughs> well, the cavity. Probably. Um, but whatever it is, it's working because the lifts, the numbers are getting bigger. Um, I would love to see. Oak and Browner at 242. I thought that was a really cool matchup. Um, Oak has that monster squat. And uh, when his shoulder's right, he had a pretty big bench. Um, and then Browner with a huge deadlift. Um, I thought that was a really insane matchup at 242. Or even with Belkin in there. Those three at 242. And Aaron, pa I think Aaron Palco at 242 in there would have surprised a lot of people. Uh, not a lot of people know who he is. I've known him for a while. Um, he's he's gonna be sneaky. He's gonna surprise a lot of people. Um, what about Luke Nall and Dan Bell? Dan touched on this. He I saw because I follow Luke. I invited him to the meet uh, a while a couple months ago because I came across him like yo this kid's strong. Mm -hmm. like, there ain't no no way about it. He's strong and he can perform. I saw Dan comment on one of his posts. I bet you five hundred dollars. You don't beat me. And I, Dan did not lie. I, if you, you find that post, I commented, I'll match that $500 if you come compete at the showdown. So you had $1,000 to beat Dan. You beat Dan, you're probably getting paid on top of that. Right. Like we're paying out, even if, if Dan took first or second, you're talking $7,500 or five grand plus another thousand. That's just 500 bucks out of my pocket and 500 bucks out of Dan's. Didn't bite. So I don't know. What is it then? What do you think it is? Because Dan said he, he was talking like he's not showing up unless he hits 2,500 pounds total or something like that. But that seems like, like he hasn't competed yet. Am I right? I mean, that to me, and I don't, I, I haven't talked much. To, we, we spoke briefly mm -hmm. where he appreciated the, the initial invite. We talked a little. Uh, I've met a lot of guys in the, in the gym who I don't want to compete yet until I can do this. Well, like we just talked about back in 2013, 2014 versus now, well, you keep waiting. The numbers are just going to keep going up. Mm -hmm. So when do you draw the line of, okay, I got to just do it. Get you, just dive in, just do it. Who knows? Did maybe, you, maybe you're a gamer and you go to a meet and all of a sudden everything clicks. You just show up and show out. Here's, a, here's another thing, though. Experience only comes through experience, man. Yeah, you, you can't – it's not going to be the same. Travel, 
feel the anxiety, show up, see what it's like when you're looking around the warm-up room and things didn't go the way you thought they would and, and just experience these experiences three, four, five times, then you're on your top form and then you start competing and you're like, all right, I, you start making the proper calls, when to call them. There's so many, there's more things. It's just like you would have said where there's so many more things to everything in life until you experience it, you don't see it coming. You're like, I didn't think that was going to come. Yeah. And how many times you hear about powerlifters and athletes, period, who may or may not have had the day they expected. It happens all the time. I didn't hit that numbers I wanted. Here's I what I got. never did. I always it, it always, you know how many powerlifters always say I had more room in the tank? Here's the way it went. That happens all the time. But only through experience can you start making judgment calls like, all right, won't do this next time. Warm up a little quicker. Leading up to, I did too many heavy singles, left my best in the gym. You have to figure it out. But the yes. journey starts by taking that first step. And if you're chasing, actually, Joe Sullivan made a post. Stop looking for perfection. Because that's, that's it's Doesn't bullshit. Exist. It doesn't exist. If you're like, I need to be perfect, the greatest of all time before I even start, like you just said, you're not going to start. You're a rookie, your first competition, whether or not you're breaking world records or not, you're going to be a rookie, expect to be a little sloppy, expect to make mistakes. You can't wait for perfection in life in anything. Start no. walking with that first step. Start the journey with the first step. For me, and I don't want to say, it's not a knock on him, but I feel like a lot of people who use that as an excuse not to do it. Well, I can't do this yet, so I'm not going to do it. Well, you're never going to do it if you always wait for that, if that's, if that's your reasoning. So just do it. And especially in powerlifting, no training session ever mimics what powerlifting actually is on game day. Never, dude. It never I've never did. a day in my life gone to the gym and you're like, let's see how far, how heavy can I squat? And an hour later, let's see how heavy I can bench. And then an hour later, let's see how heavy I can deadlift. And it's all on your time. It's all on your warm-ups. And, and if you have competition, look, if he ends up toe-to-toe -to -toe with Dan Bell, it'll come down to handling and attempt selection. And if you just haven't been there through any of that before, it's going to be a whole other ballgame as oh, well. Yeah. And Dan is going to be like, man, I've, I've been doing this. This is, this this is, is what That's what do. Dan does. Right. So then it becomes, yeah, in, in the longer you wait and the more hype that comes, it starts becoming the risk-reward scenario where – when you first start as a rookie, there's no risk. It's all reward because there is no pressure. You haven't earned anything yet. Nope. But if you got the greatest of all time, like Dan Bell, and I say greatest of all time because he's broke, he's in and out of wraps, holds the world record. Um, and then you have, and, and people are starting to be like, well, are you the guy to go head to head with Dan Bell? And Dan Bell hops on King of this podcast and says, I'll stick around. If this kid wants a showdown, we're going to go toe to toe. And it's like, all right. So now it's ratcheting up the pressure. So instead of being able to have a competition and just work out some kinks, you're putting up so much pressure on yourself yeah. that your first meet is going to be all like, very, it's, it's all or nothing. All of a sudden you're like, man, I haven't, I haven't felt this before. I haven't done oh, any of this. It is totally diving in the ends up being, he, he decides to finally do a full meet and Dan just jumps in. Right. Well, Dan's looking for this though, because and the hype is getting too big. I don't, I wouldn't want to be Luke in that position. Oh, that takes it from being just get one under your belt to now you have to do this or you fail and like on the biggest stage you possibly it doesn't matter what meet it is now. right it's Dan Bell versus you what do you have and the problem is they're both relatively local for Luke if Dan's thinking you know what before we leave 
before I leave, I wouldn't mind catching this kid doing a showdown. It's fun because Dan's doing it for fun. It's not like, you know, I mean, it's not like you're trying to bully somebody. It's sports. This is what well, it is. We, we live for it. And for Dan, he's like, you know, I, I would like an, a big super heavy who's going to push me. I, before I leave, that'd be, that, that would actually be what I'm here for. I'm, that's why I come to the showdown. That's why I'm, I show up at the meets. I want this. I'm the number one guy, but I also, I need like Holyfield had Tyson and, and Ali had Frazier and, and Dan Bell's like, where's my guy before yeah. I check out of this? Cause I don't want to stick around forever. I got the records in and out of wraps. I'm number one. Um, so if it's yourself, I might pop up. Right. Yeah. So I would love to see it. if you could put together, if this was possible, 2021, you get Belkin hack, you get Dan Luke. And then we're talking, if we got, we got Jamal versus, you know, Kevin Oak. Oh my God, dude. And then on the women's side, who I, I, I'm, I'm very much excited. Yes, if Steffi came back to be phenomenal, I am very much excited to see what ends up happening with Hunter Henderson. And obviously, Mariana has been a problem for any woman who wants to be queen. Yeah. Um, so it's Steffi Mariana would be the big one. It's the gimme. It's like Hack Falcon. Like, that's the girl's version of it. Right. Um, 100. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I would love to see Hunter Henderson and Christy Hawkins. And I tried getting Christy Hawkins at 165. Just didn't get a response. Maybe she wasn't interested. Maybe she doesn't check her messages. I'm sure she gets plenty. Um, mm. And I'm this new meat out of nowhere that no one's ever heard of by a guy that no one knows. So I think I everybody's heard of it now. And people, <laughs> that's yeah. not going to be a problem next year. Um, and honestly, um, I think that Hunter and Christy would be a baller showdown. Those would be some huge lifts, just in stuff you don't really envision happening. Uh, I think they they're I think they're pretty close right now, um, from Chrissy's biggest, her best meets to what Hunter, Hunter's getting ready to do. Um, so I think Garrett said it. She's total just like mid twelve hundreds. I don't see Hunter totaling under fourteen hundred pounds in sleeves mm. at this meet. Like yeah. in three days, like there's not. If she goes six for nine, she's over fourteen hundred. She goes nine for nine, fourteen fifty all day. At 165. Who do you think is going to be the biggest talk come Monday morning? Ooh. Just in general or girls, guys, both? All around the biggest storyline, the biggest talk. Monday morning, and this I know I'm putting you on the on the spot because this is very difficult. Yeah. This is like like you have the greatest super heavyweight, you have the Wilkes Queen and Mariana, you have a star that everyone's waiting to emerge in Hunter Henderson. Then you've got, what are we talking about? A future goat in John Hack. This is a tough one. But if oh. you're looking at her, what, what are you thinking? I'm not, and yeah, I'm not asking you to pick, I'm not asking you to pick winners. I know that would be wrong for being a meet director. Yeah. So I'm not going to oh. put you on the spot for that. I just mean storyline. What do you think people are going to be talking I about? I think there's some cool, really cool stuff that's going to happen. If the list shows up the way it is now, there's so many cool storylines. Dan Bell goes 2,500 plus mm. in sleeves. That's insanity. Um, James Strickland is talking about 878 at 308. And he's and, not even 308. He's, he's like 295 on a heavy day. You're right. And, and he wants to be – will he be the latest man to, to bench 700? 
I know the one because Johnny Harris is 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 bench. I don't know what his body weight was. He was. I, I want to say Johnny Harris was like two ninety. James only walks around at like two ninety five, so he could probably really easily show up at two eighty nine. Yeah, I would if I was uh, Chase. I would if I'm that close. Why wouldn't you? And then now you're talking about a dude squats eight, benches seven, pulls eight mm-hmm. at two nine. Call two ninety just for easy numbers. That's insane. That's that's really gnarly. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, if he manages that, which that's an insane feat, like that's kind of a show-stopping performance. I mean, obviously, John Hack, if he does what we think he's going to do, you're talking about just being shy of a 2,200-pound total at 198 pounds. I mean, he's going <laughs> to weigh in at, like, 196. Watch. Like, he's going to come in lighter than one. He's not going to be 198.4. Mm. It'll be, like, 196, and he'll total 1170 or something stupid that's going to hurt everyone's feelings. <laughs> I think he out-totaled. He could compete for anywhere from 181 to like almost 242 and still have the biggest total. And it's just like, all right, we get it. Yeah, he's on God mode. Yeah, he, it's not fair. He used every cheat code in the book and he's just getting uh, extra credit now. Because you had started the like uh, leading into this competition so far in advance, have you thought about and had looked at 2021 or are you like man i gotta get through this one oh no we've that. already started planning it oh wow and it's gonna be bigger <laughs> and better um from a, the lifting side of it uh me and my wife had talked about uh, running it as a pro-am style and instead of having an amateur day and a pro day having just a women's and a men's day but splitting it 50 50 60 40 maybe depending on interest having maybe two flights of amateurs who's have at least a wilts or dots over 425 and then having the invite portion be the second two flights to allow for a really cool thing that you never really see happen in my opinion where you have some of the best lifters of the world sharing a warm-up room with up-and-comers like true up-and-comers which we kind of have this year honestly because of covid we started taking in the new up and comers who show a ton of promise, like Cade Proctor, um, Jess Levinsky, um, Haley Hill, um, Cormicum, uh, just some people who they haven't quite done it yet, but you can see the trajectory. Like it's coming, barring any unforeseen catastrophes. Like there's no way about it. That's just where they're going. Um, mm. But having that on a larger scale where we, we still have this insane um, pro couple flights of 20, 25 guys or girls um, that just make your jaw drop. But ju- just creating a bigger um, all-encompassing meet. Um, and then going to the two days, still being like 60 lifters per day, um, cash payouts for everything, including the amateur side. And that that's the idea. How do we make it bigger? And that makes it bigger. And in terms of this one, how are people going to be, is this going to be live streamed or how can people get the latest updates on this? Uh, the showdown will hundred percent be live streamed. JP um, price is helping us out with that big time. We're they're dialing in the final touches of whether or not it'll be on Twitch, which allows for the live audio 
Um, so you'll hear the crowd, the lifters, the music that's playing there versus YouTube, which we have to use like unlicensed music to like overdub it, which isn't always the greatest. Um, so they're dialing that in. There will 100% be a live stream and it will be free. And the moment we have that figured out, it will be blared out as best we can by everybody. Um, we'll tag you in it. We'll send you links. Yeah, do. Because, yeah, please do, because I'll, I'll do the swipe ups and announce and tell everybody how, because I'm not going to hype the hell out of this thing. And then day of people like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, where, are we, where are we watching this? <laughs> right? Yeah, no, it'll be live stream. And they, they do, JP's done it on his last two local uh, meets that he's run. Um, looks phenomenal. It's a clean picture, no issues with it at all. Um, so everyone will have a nice view um, and see everything that's happening. Um, Perfect. Perfect. Sounds good, man. And I'll be obviously all over that in terms of the repost, updating people who did what and, uh, you know, who's getting in terms of top one through five, I believe, is the cash prizes. Is that yep. right? Uh, so we got 35 grand split two ways, guys and girls. Uh, what is it? 7,500, 5,000, I think 3,000. I'm looking it up because I don't, I, I came up with the numbers and I still don't remember them. <laughs> Yeah, so 7,500 to first, men and women, five grand second, three grand third, 1250 for fourth, 750 for fifth. Um, so that's the, and it is by Wilkes. Um, we had decided WRPF in general, and we had talked about it. All the invites were based on Wilkes. It just made sense for consistency that the meet finished with Wilkes. Um, next year, more than likely, I believe we are moving over to Dots. In the future, okay. Um, yeah, for 2021, we'll be running out of dots. Um, don't quote me. I'm pretty sure that's the case, but uh, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Don't kill me. Dude, in 2020, we are so used to things changing yeah. week to week. I don't think anybody's going to look back and be like, hey, in 2020, September, you said dots this year. Like, it's people know it's a wrap. We're going to have to pivot. <laughs> you know, things change. That's the biggest thing. That's all we've been doing all year is just pivot and try to make the pivot work. And then we are, do it again, and I feel like the bad episode of Friends with the couch. Dude, we're almost here. Uh, this almost. is this this journey you've been on. Yeah, here we are. We're almost here, just a few days away. When it's all over, how you gonna your very first competition, and as big as it is, and you you're gonna have history. You got all these stars that showed up. How's it gonna feel? You're gonna crack a bit. You drink? I'm assuming. Oh. <laughs> That's what I've been sipping on. <laughs> okay, there you go. So, no, yeah, I'm how good is that beer going to taste when you're like, oh, my God, give me a beer, give me some food? I'll be, well, we got the Kansas City barbecue. I got to buy a case of beer to feed Dan Bell after he cracks 2,500. <laughs> I hope he'll share. Um, no, I can't wait. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, even with a 15-hour drive ahead of us, I'm stoked to hang out with JP and his crew. Um, Super appreciative of those guys. Uh, I've talked to a bunch of the lifters in this meet just casually. Um, for the most part, I can't think of any of them who haven't been anything but awesome and appreciative and just stoked about this. So I think we're just going to have a phenomenal time. Um, there's a UFC fight Saturday night. Um, yes, there, dude, you bet your sweet ass there is. Freaking uh, Paulo Costa versus Israel Adesanya yeah. and for, for the middleweight championship, which is two undefeated fighters fighting for the middleweight championship somebody's always got to go 
And then um, we have Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blakovic. John Jones moves up to heavyweight, and they're fighting for John Jones's light heavyweight vacant title. So yeah, dude, man, you got a you you got a good day. You got a hell of a night. We're, Barbecue we're beers. See some stuff happen on Saturday. Dude, that's a start. Sports. That's my dream day. Powerlifting. Yeah. The UFC barbecue beers. What do you want? That's all you need. That's all you need, brother. That's all that's you need, man. That's happiness. And then chill for a minute, and then you're on your way to planning for for the next year. Well, continue oh, planning well, for next yeah, year. Get get some sleep, and we got a 15 hour drive home on Sunday. Is there? Is there um, people you want to thank right now while we have you on putting this together? I know, I know it takes a lot of people to put together a meet. Yes. Who do you uh, want to thank? My wife, Maria. Um, she's been absolutely phenomenal during all this and dealing with me being a head case um, and helping me plan all this through. Um, she's handled all the kind of lifting side of stuff as far as um, – judges, flights, all, all of a sudden she just took care of it. And it's been super helpful, especially in the, la- the lead up this week. Just something I didn't have to do. So she's the, she's the best. Um, thank you to JP and Ryan at SBC. Um, legitimately superheroes save the day. Um, doesn't matter how much money you throw at something. If the government won't let you do it, they won't let you do it. Um, so them just stepping in and being able to do what they're doing for us is phenomenal. And cheers to those guys. Um, thank you to WRPF for taking a flyer on some dude, no one knew, um, who said he wanted to throw a bunch of money at a meet, um, and making it happen and letting us just run with it and do what we wanted to do. Um, super appreciative of it. I think hopefully we'll come out the other side with a really phenomenal product, um, They'll put it, especially in this year, will leave a lasting mark. Um, thank you for all the lifters um, for trusting that we're going to do what we said we're going to do. Um, again, I'm just a nobody guy who said he's going to throw a bunch of meat, money at something. And we have, even before the drops, we had the best of the best. Like that meat, that roster two months ago was the most disgusting thing anyone has ever seen in powerlifting period bar none. I did the math the one day we were looking at like 28 all-time world records possibly broken. Oh, wow. so I, I thank all the lifters for taking a flyer on us. Um, and then all the sponsors, uh, the people who hung with us and still allowed us to keep the prize pool pretty decent. Um, Eat Right Foods, Hyperion Sports Nutrition, um, Hate Brand Goods, Matt Vincent uh, stepping in last second was really dope. Um, obsidian and ammonia out of canada your way um they actually sent us some custom showdown uh, smelling salts just showed up yesterday they turned out super sick um misfit powerlifting which is also out of canada so thanks canada <laughs> big time um broken barbell gym out of uh, i believe right in missouri uh patrick from there stepping in once we moved the meet to missouri uh he stepped in and tried to help us big time um i th- want to say that's almost everyone let me double check so i'm not a jerk absolutely buddy. um server strength usa they had a back down a little bit due to the move but they still came through um and then my boy travis rogers um with papa bear rogers he's uh actually a really awesome foundation that pretty much gives back to kids in the community um 
with school supplies, clothing, just help, help them take care of their community. Super great dude. Just put up a huge show to uh, wish he was able to come. He's one of the guys uh, that couldn't because his job, he's a teacher. They pretty much told him, like, you can't leave the state. Okay. Because I, I seen that we've been reposting him as well. And I seen that he was on the roster, didn't make it, and ended up, I think he just took a local competition that was a little closer. Yeah. His job was pretty much, you, you can't do this, otherwise you can't work. And again, okay. people's livelihoods come first, and I totally understand that. Mm. Um, yeah, that's everyone. Uh, and thank you to you. I appreciate the the added spotlight um, and you doing the run up. And thanks to Garrett for your, for doing a really awesome rundown and saving me from doing it. I did not. I did not expect we were going to do a podcast. I thought he was lifting. He ended up being like, I just, you know, I'm not lifting, just so you know. And I know that you want to do a bunch, a series of podcasts leading into from athletes off the roster. He's just let you know I'm not on the roster. Like, All right, well, let's still do this. We could talk about it anyways. And then just that. I didn't, I didn't say there was no expectation. My man came on division by division, <laughs> lifter by lifter. And I was like, holy smokes, Cameron. Um, you totally just like, all right, let's 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 roll with it. So uh, it is what it is. It gave, it freed up uh, us some time to do like some actual background story on it. Anyway, oh, yeah. So now people got a little bit of everything. They got Gear Fear, a normal podcast. They got Gear Fear, breakdown. And then they got the background of the whole competition. Yeah. All as well as well, my friend. Well, listen, Absolutely. I know you got a massive... 15 hour day tomorrow in terms of driving and then and then the work starts in terms yeah. of running this bad boy so good luck with everything i wish you the best you you're doing you're doing a good you know in terms of the sport man you know all we got right now so i hope i hope for the best we're all watching you know damn well i'm going to be watching i'll be reposting do slide me links if you got any kind of pictures or whatever you want me to post up for the links that's fine i can find my own as well you see me, I could rip a couple promos together if you don't have them anyways, and I'll post them up with a swipe up, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as long as people can find those streams. And then, um, and that's it, man. Good luck with everything. I hope you freaking get some sleep. I think the oh, next yeah. few days are going to be, yeah, you sleep well. Yeah, I'm like a baby. <laughs> cool as a cucumber. I like it. Like a baby. Like Sounds a baby. good, but like hey, a baby. That's the one thing I'm fortunate even if I get anxious, like it doesn't overtake me because um, it ain't going to fix it anyway. Right. I might as well be well rested to deal with it in the morning. You were built to be an op- entrepreneur, buddy. Ah, just, I just make food, man. Put it this way. You <laughs> just make food, man. You went in a lot heavier when it comes to those expos and festivals you were doing. So this is actually a little less stress probably, maybe. I don't know. You just tell me. Don't let uh, me stop me. Coordinating food. Four full-blown competitions with 70 vendors and all the star power and, like, making flights happen. Like, whoever runs the Arnold Classic, like, to, to, I hope they get I hope they get paid seven figures. Because yeah. I don't even want to see what a day in that life looks like. Yeah. So, yes, running just a, doing so far, we'll find out. It isn't over yet. Yeah, let's talk afterwards. Fair enough. Yeah, afterwards, I'll let you know how the last three days went. Judgment Day is coming. Um, Judgment Day is coming, my friend. You know the powerlifting community is watching. Yep. All, All right, right we'll, watch. we'll find out. Well, listen, my man, um, good luck with everything. We're going to keep in touch. Uh, we're all going to be watching. We're all behind you, man. 
let, let me know what your plans are for, for 2021. We'll have you back on and um, we'll take it from there, man. Let's, let's hope we don't get locked back down. Let's hope things open mm. up. Let's hope things go international. Let's hope yep. people don't have a quarantine. And uh, we'll see what we got. Hopefully the open. We'll just bring you down to Buffalo. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Let me know. Because, yeah, right now I ain't going nowhere. But, no. yeah, hopefully things open up. Let me know. We'll keep in touch, my friend. Good luck. Thank Thanks, you for brother. coming on. Much appreciated. Appreciate it, brother. See you, buddy.